0: today. It's another podcast at Breakfast with Ben's from the UPMC Rooney facility on the south side. Tim Benz and Joe Rudder with you following the Steelers win against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. I keep having to catch myself and remind myself that it was in fact a win for a lot of fans and for a lot of us in the media actually who covered that game last night. There was a lot to dwell on negatively, even though it was a victory for the Steelers. They even up their record at 1-1. One and one. They go to take on the Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football next week. Make sure you read all of Joe Rudder's coverage at Trib Live. He is our beat writer, covers the Steelers every day. And check me out here at Breakfast with Ben's in advance of the game and on DVE four hours in advance for the pregame show. It was a long pre-game show for us longer than normal because it was a later kick. We get to those 815 times, like we have to fill the extra 15 minutes. That felt like nothing compared to what that game was. I think the last, what was it, thirty seconds of the first quarter lasted about 15 minutes. In fact it went back in time.
1: Yeah it did.
0: And then he had to reset the quarter before they came back and played for another couple snaps and moved to the second quarter because of that challenged fumble that the Steelers won. We might get to the challenge that they lost a little bit later on. But, Joe, it's uh, kind of feeling like last year, isn't it, in the sense that even when they did win games, we find ourselves griping about the massive chasm that still exists between them being victorious and them being good.
1: Yeah, I mean, they won a game, but they did not win a game um, stylistically, they did not win a game by putting together a good offense. They didn't have a good, you know, they, they had two two big plays on defense that really is why they won this game. And uh, you know, just ask any fan who was at the game in the fourth quarter when Kenny Pickett lost three yards on a botched—I don't know how you want to describe it—broken play that that had no chance. Of option, working right? Is the option they really didn't look like they had a chance of working in the first place um yeah when they were chanting for fire Matt canada even though they held on and won the game that was the lingering moment from the game and i think that's what a lot of people were focusing on today again for the third year in a row this offense really isn't going places um you know despite all the optimism in the preseason it's just it's the same old thing the first two games offense can't get a first down early on and it just seemed to linger and
0: linger and linger. The debate between execution by the players on offense and the play calling from Matt Canada. Look, I'm all for going through every one of the 11 players who's on offense on a given play and saying, did they execute their jobs right before going to Canada? Because it's such low-hanging fruit. We've been doing it for three years. I welcome the variety of talking about the players, to be frank with you. But in the example that you cite, and I'll point to the weekly mandatory jet sweep End around, however, you involve a handoff to Calvin Austin that's destined to derail a drive. There are these moments, these ill-timed moments, where it feels like Canada is just trying to show that he does know what he's doing when he looks the least like he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and you know, there, there's there are times when you just don't need to be that way. Third and one, trying to keep the clock running, potentially a chance to run the clock out. And allow Cleveland not to get back on the field. You know, you need a yard. You have maybe two chances to do it. If you you know you can try that jumbo push, put two guys behind Kenny Pickett, and you know the play it's never been stopped that the Eagles seem to have perfected. Just you know run that once. If it doesn't work, you know if you're not punting, do it again. It seems like it's infallible. You, you know you, you you know why you know why not have Kenny Pickett under center. Why not have a running back and, you know, put a fullback in? put Connor Hayward in. put a well, you don't have Kendrick Green to run fullback anymore. But, you know, try something where you're just going to use power football to get that yard,
0: especially since you're risking the quarterback anyway. If the answer to the question, why don't they do the Eagle thing is that they've already had a quarterback who's been concussed two or three times and they don't want to risk them. Well, he's running in open space then. like He's going to be more at risk potentially from an oncoming defender. He's going at a higher rate of speed. The defender's going at a higher rate of speed. Even if it's not that high, um, you're still putting the quarterback at risk. And it's a play that they don't use very much. In that circumstance, do something simple, move the chains, you can kill the clock. At that point, all you're doing is allowing Kenny Pickett to potentially get killed himself. And Which almost happened.
1: I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, he, he took a pretty good look there and had
0: no chance. And then you're also now risking a more complicated play to give the ball back to the Browns. I mean, it wasn't the example that we saw on Thursday night to open the season with Andy Reid and the Chiefs when they ran that dippy play on 4th down with everybody moving around like carousel of a play it wasn't to that extent but just do something that's simple and familiar to get 3 feet
1: yeah and i don't know why you had to overthink you know they had to <clears> overthink <throat> that and try something like that I, and i don't you know you very rarely see them doing that kind of thing anymore and when they line up like that you know something like you said jet sweep something gimmicky of some kind is going to happen um you know again why he needs to be back there in the shotgun in that situation I don't understand it get under center try to get the yards even if you hand it off to Najee Harris try to get the yards the old or fashion. Warren yeah or Warren try to get the yards the old-fashioned way and, and you know and and because that's what worked for them last year that you know having Kenny Pickett more under center playing a controlled running style, getting them moving that way. Uh, you know, maybe they don't have the faith in the offensive line yet that they had at the second half of last year, but, but they had, they, whatever he dialed up or was
0: thinking just it had no chance of working. When he was talking about playing faster, you know, having guys play faster and more fluidly, do you think he had Najee Harris in mind? Could have been. I mean, not yeah. just Pickett, but Najee too. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. You know, he still looked
1: indecisive. He still looks a little slow to me. When you see Jalen Warren yeah. show that burst out there, and then Najee Harris get the ball, and you're like, okay, come on, get the piano off his back. You know, let's uh, you know, let's see him get downfield a little bit. He just, you know, he, you know, he, you saw the run that Ford had in the second half to go 69 yards around the field. You see Najee Harris try something like that. He's getting dragged down 15 yards. Yeah, after, you know, after he gets across the line of
0: scrimmage. Yeah, I, that, that's where I noticed that the. Most, to be honest with you because I'm like the last guy to get on the start Jalen Warren train I've never been there I think pedigree is supposed to count for something but ironically where I noticed myself at least internally griping the most about Najee Harris were his two best runs because I was watching those two runs thinking that's got 40 on it that's yeah. got 30 on it and if Warren is the one carrying the ball those runs are going for much more and on back-to-back tries it was like Okay, glad they got something, but there was more to be had there. I, I don't know if it was Ford, I don't know if it was Christian McCaffrey from the week before, but there was something more there.
1: Yeah, you know, it looked like again, he looked just a, you know a step slower. Um, you know, maybe it's maybe he's, you know, bigger than I don't know if he's bigger than last year. Maybe maybe he's too big of a back right now there to, to be able to do that. Maybe he needs to slim down a little bit. Um, but I guess they want that kind of style. They want him to be the, you know, the, the run up the middle be heavy you know, try that kind of that kind of running style. but and, and if you're going to be that, that's fine. It's just not conducive to
0: break off long runs like that. And they do need to get some long runs because the long passes, except for the one to Pickens, just aren't there right now. That said, I am happy to see that they got a play like that because that was one that they showed in the free preseason. That was one they needed to show more last year, and they never did. I don't know why the Browns left him open as much as they did. Uh, Maybe it was just when they caught them in zone, they went to him. And maybe that's good eyes by Pickett and good eyes by Canada. Maybe that's where good offensive coordination, play calling, and execution came into play. But um, if you're Cleveland, especially with the lack of receiving options that are apparent now with the Steelers, I, I would add two guys in Pickens the whole night. Yeah, I would have too. I was surprised, like you know, he was open as much as he was, and that he had
1: as nice of a game as he did. Because really, he's their only option right now. Allen Robinson. This could have gotten off to a slow start. Maybe that's just the way they're I using. him. I thought he was better him. last week. Yeah, yeah, maybe he. You know, maybe that's
0: just the way they're using him right now. Um, There's something like five catches for 29 yards, everybody that was a wide receiver besides Pickens.
1: Yeah, um, you know, and then, you know, Austin – it's going to take a while for him to develop into into what he is as a complimentary piece. But right now, if I'm, you know, I'm on Vegas watching this tape, I'm all over George Pickens next week. I'm putting two guys on him and, you know, and, and saying try to beat me somehow. You know, if you can't run the ball and you can't stop, if you can't throw to George Pickens, how are the Steelers going to beat you? And I, I think that's how I would attack this defense, this offense.
0: Last point, and this was brought up to Tom when it was a question I was planning to ask and somebody asked it first. It was about... What Mason Cole said to me in the locker room following the game, Tomlin actually got out in front of it a little bit and addressed it to a degree about Max Crosby coming up, that they've been very good against the star pass rushers from these two teams. Remember, we spent a lot of the preseason talking about this in the tunnel vision of is Dan Moore going to start or is Broderick Jones going to start. But with even with Moore starting, they've had this collective effort, it sounds like, to take away, just scheme away Bosa in week one Miles Garrett in week two. It worked. Those guys were minimally impactful, but they're obviously drawing attention from somewhere else. And that's got to be bleeding over into the run game because they just don't have hats on hats enough to create holes in other places. And then in the pass rush game, you're seeing like guys like Drake from San Francisco, who's a lesser known guy, three sacks. Uh, that Wells guy, I think statistically he had a lesser day than Drake did, but he still had half a sack. He batted a ball down. He had a couple QB hits and pressures. These lesser guys are still winning than the exposed one-on-one matchups against their offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, and and you know Kenny Pickett, you know for all that all the limiting they did to Miles Garrett, still faced a good bit of pass rush. Was hit, uh, I think, nine times, if, if I'm not mistaken. Sack twice, hit nine times. So, yeah, he was feeling it there. And maybe that was another reason why he, he just didn't look as comfortable out there. But, yeah, the Steelers are giving up some pressure to the non-stars. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, like you said, if, are they selling out too much to try to stop one guy that they're allowing two or three others to come through on the other side? Uh, you know, they'll find out again this week with Matt. Crosby, but, um, you know they've got it you know the offensive line has to be better it's I'm a little disappointed I thought they'd be more uh, farther along with having four guys returning this year and I, and I still still seem to have them getting off to a slow start
0: well this is the Raiders and what could possibly go wrong <laughs>
1: Respect, well it's, it's not in Oakland anymore so you can't have a faulty x-ray machine you can't have Terrell Pryor running 90 some yards oh yes you,
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> yes you can I don't know if Jimmy G will be the one that's doing it somebody could run 90 yards we've seen 69 and 65 already exactly yeah it's going to in a different venue in a different city,
1: Sin City, so uh, first trip out there. And, you know, one thing I, I, I was thinking about asking Mike Tomlin at the end, but I, it didn't seem that important is, you know, they're going to a stadium they've never played in before. You know, they haven't tried that kind of surface yet. Is that going to be a, somewhat of a challenge for them? Is that going to take some time getting used to? Do they have to show up earlier to get out to do that? I just wonder if that's going to play any kind of factor in how they play Sunday.
0: Last time they beat the Raiders on the road in any stadium, was 1995 um, there was a long lull and I think it had to do with divisional realignment in the late 90s there was a long lull where they didn't play at all for 11 years uh, out west whatever stadium I think they only played three times in that span and they were all in Pittsburgh so the last time they went out there and of course they lost all those upset games the games that they were they couldn't possibly lose they lost them all in 06 and 12 and 13 and 18 when they went out there and played. 18 was the X-ray game yes. that you were alluding to, and I think prior was the 13 game that we were talking about. But at any rate, their annals of Raiders Steeler history, you gotta go back to a game where Neil O'Donnell found Ernie Mills for two touchdowns, Eric Pegram at 129 yards rushing, and Norm Johnson kicked four field goals. So that was the <laughs> that was the method to victory the last time they beat the Raiders on the road in any of their places in which they played. It was the first year back to Oakland from Los Angeles for them.
1: Oh, I thought that – okay, I didn't realize that was in Oakland. I thought that was in the old uh, – the,
0: the old Coliseum? Yeah. That was the year before. They beat them in 94 and oh, 95. Oh, okay.
1: So they, so they did win in the, the old Coliseum. At, yeah, because I just remember the, 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 the stink jobs they uh, put up out there, especially the last one in 18. So, hey, maybe going to
0: Vegas gives them better luck. They could be three and one. Like, if they beat the Raiders and Texans, two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, that don't have much playoff hope this year, what if they get to three? It's going to feel like how they got to seven and two last year <laughs> in the back half, won't it?
1: Yeah, it would be, um, depending how they play, you know, unless the offense all of a sudden comes to life here, which you would think, especially against the Texans, maybe they would. But, uh, yeah, these are two games where the offense can get back on track. They could be three and one after this but uh, given the way this team's gotten out of the gate, I, you know, I wouldn't look that far ahead.
0: All right, Mr. Papa Giorgio, have a good trip out to Vegas, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. Joe Rudder, read his work at the Tribune Review website at Trib Sports. Check me out Breakfast with Ben's Daily here at Trib Live.